Welcome to Near Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway. We're going to try something a little different today. I think it'll be a little fun. I found a list of uh, celebrities, or a few celebrities anyway, that have had near-death experiences and have come out about it, if, if you will. I'm sure there have been many who haven't said anything for fear of being labeled crazy, which I understand. But there have been some that have been forthright about it and, and shared their experience. And uh, at first I thought about reading some of these accounts, but then I realized these are these are celebrities. It's very likely that they've got an interview somewhere where they talk about it. And so I've done a little bit of poking around, see if I can find their, their own words sharing their experience. So that's what we're going to do today is share some of those. The first one, um, for any that have been studying near-death experiences, you may have bumped across this because on near-death.com and I believe possibly enderf.com, maybe ions, I can't remember which websites, but uh, it, it's kind of prominently displayed. But Jane Seymour, if you remember the uh, show Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, uh, she's the medicine woman, Dr. Quinn. She's also the uh, star, uh, secondary star actress in uh, Somewhere in Time, the, the lady that uh, Christopher Reeve falls in love with in the show. So this is Jane Seymour's near-death experience. I was uh, playing Maria Callas in Anassis, and uh, I got a, a bad flu. And it turned into bronchitis, and the doctor came to see me. And because when you're filming, they don't like to lose any time, you know, the normal recommendation by the doctor is at least a week to two weeks rest. Uh, for me, it was, we need her tomorrow. So, you know, out came the injection, and they shot me up with something that was supposed to make me better instantly. And uh, they hit a vein, or, you know, something like that. I, I can't remember exactly. All I know is that um, anything you if, you, if you inject something that hasn't been aspirated, in other words, the air hasn't been taken out, into a vein, that can shock the heart. And that's what it did. It shocked my heart. And so my heart suddenly went a million times a minute, or at least that's what it felt like. I had white lights, and my throat closed up. And then I lost consciousness. And I remember seeing a white light. And I really wasn't panicked. Um, but I, I knew I didn't want to die. And I knew that that's what was, was what was happening. I remember seeing myself from the ceiling. I, I saw a view of myself right down at an angle, like, like sort of as though I was on the, on the ceiling of this room. And I saw all these people there suddenly. I didn't remember seeing them. They had injections going in my body, and they had, you know, everyone was panicking. And, and then I remember coming back. Whatever they gave me, the antidote uh, brought me back. And then after I was completely well, then I broke down and started crying. I was really shaky, really upset for many days. But while it happened, all I could think about was my kids. I just wasn't prepared to leave my kids, and I wasn't prepared for anyone else to look after my children. And uh, I remember... I remember declaring quite, quite openly and loudly that, uh, that atheism was out and I did believe in a higher power, <laughs> definitely. The British actress uh, Elizabeth Taylor is another one, and she was in so many films, I, I, I'm not going to list them all, but, uh, but let me list a few that are a little bit more modern for any of you who are my age or younger who are more likely to recognize them. She was in uh, Father of the Bride. Let's see if I can see what uh, part she played in there. Um, she was also in uh, Cleopatra, The Taming of the Shrew, Who's Afraid of G Virginia Woolf. Uh, 
anyway, she, most of her uh, acting was in the between the 40s to the 60s. And so uh, she was a very famous actress during those years. Here's an uh, account of her explaining her experience on the Oprah Winfrey show. Did you not have a near-death experience earlier? I did in London mm -hmm. about 30 years ago. And I was pronounced dead uh, four times. Uh, once I didn't breathe and I had no vitals for five minutes. Wow. And that was the time that I had the near-death experience. I want you to tell us what that was like. But I was asking about this experience uh, with the pneumonia because I was wondering if the near-death experience makes you not be afraid of dying. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I wasn't afraid because of that. It was um, when I had the out-of-body experience and could see the people working around me, I tried desperately to move and eyelid, a finger, something to let them know that I could hear them saying, well, I think we've lost her. And I was saying to myself, no, you haven't. I'm here. But I was like, out. And then I went into this, I sort of floated into this tunnel. And there were other figures that I recognized. And this welcoming like sun, white sun, and warmth, and like being in liquid mercury. It was like being weightless. Wow. And Mike Todd was there. And I wanted to be with him more than anything in the world. He'd been dead about three years, and I was still mourning him. And he said, no, baby, you can't. It's not your time. You can't come over. You have to fight to go back. You have to fight to go back. And I said, but I want to be with you. And he said, you can't now. I'll be here. You have to fight to go back. And evidently, while this was happening, my hands were like in fists. Hmm. And they tried to unclench my hands. I was reported dead. It was on the bulletin board. I even read my own obituaries. Really? How? It was in all the papers. Oh, my God. That I had died. I've never had such good reviews. <laughs> and so how do you know it wasn't a dream? How do you know that? I don't. And mm -hmm. I didn't talk about it for years. Mm -hmm. uh, when I came out of it, when I came out of the... Uh, whatever it was. I mean, I wasn't breathing. Uh, there were about 11 doctors in the room, and I told them all what I'd experienced because I felt like I had to tell somebody so they wouldn't, so I wouldn't later on think I was crazy. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, that does sound so crazy. I don't think I'm going to tell anybody else. And for years, I didn't say anything. And then I started reading about other people having the same kind of experience, they all vary slightly, then I thought, there's got to be something to it. There are just too many people who've gone through it. I know I did. Just because I haven't talked about it doesn't mean that it wasn't as real as the day it happened. Sharon Stone is another. She is the actor in several movies. She is in Basic Instinct, uh, Casino, uh, 
The Quick and the Dead. Uh, let's see. Um, Catwoman. Kind of looking through here through a uh, um, list of her shows. Many of these I have not heard of, so I, and I'm not a big movie goer, so I don't see a lot. Sphere, uh, Last Dance. She's another big one. She has a lot of movies, a lot of movies. And so her near-death experience is as follows. So tell us, I, I'd read that you had one of those near-death experiences. Is that true? It is. It is true. It is true. Tell me. Well, I had that whole white light thing. You did? At what point? Uh, after the MRI, I was unconscious in the tube, and then I, when I came out of it and they talked to me, and then I kind of had that thing where it's, it's sort of like passing out, except you pass kind of up. You pass I, up. Sort of, and mm -hmm. you have this big blow-up thing, and... You know, I don't know how to explain. I don't know. I never had it, so I don't know. I'm waiting for you to tell Anybody me. here have it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's been a while now, so it's kind of, I'm I'm it's not as fresh for me, but you have it's just a lot of white light and you see people that have passed on and they talk to you and, and then you pop right back into your body and you're awake. Uh-huh. And you have a I had an incredible sense of well being and a sense that it's just so near. It's not a far away or scary thing. And that you mean it, death? Death. Really? That it's a very near and Like safe. it's a breath away? Yes, it's just right, right there. Really? And that it's That's interesting. I've never heard it described that way. And loving and gentle. Really? And okay. And really? there's nothing to be afraid of. And that it's, that it's a beautiful, loving, gentle, good, I felt so safe and so okay that all the stuff that I was terrorized when the doctor was standing there with his hand on my head giving me that horrible look, mm -hmm. like, oh. Oh, oh. You're, go you're a goner. Poor you, yeah. you're ble bleeding into your head. And, uh -huh. oh, okay. that gentle, like, nobody's rushing around going, okay, let's get the, yeah. the you know, they like they do on TV. Yeah. Get the stuff. Yeah. We're gonna, yeah. get the, there's the, none of that ER the stuff. Slam it on her stuff. <laughs> They're just standing there going, oh, oh, oh that's poor bad. You. That's yeah. bad. And you're going, why aren't you getting the stuff? stuff? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm a dead woman. Yeah. Yeah. You're, and then it's all, it felt okay. And I felt peaceful and serene and like either thing would work out. And, but yet I really was sure that I wanted to live and be with my son. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a real choice for me. Gary Busey is the next one. He is very famous. Uh, his, uh, I recognized him by his voice, honestly. But he was in uh, Lethal Weapon, Predator 2, uh, Point Break, Under Siege, The Firm, uh, a bunch of others. So uh, here's his experience. December 4th, 1988, I was on a Harley-Davidson. I just got it out of Bartels when they were on Lincoln. I turned right on Robertson off Washington. My back wheel hit sand. We fishtailed. I fishtailed and motorcycle fishtailed. I hit the rear brake. It went down. I took my foot off the rear brake. It flipped me over and hit my head first into a curb. A double compound fracture on my lower ilium in my back. Oh, it split my skull from the right temple to the top of my head and knocked a hole in my skull as big as a 50-cent piece. And uh, there was a policeman there, and he was only there scouting the route of the marathon race. And he called the paramedics. They put me on code red and blue right to Cedar sinai where Dr. Hooten, Lauren Hooten, operated on me. 
He told me if I'd have been three minutes late, I'd be dead. Well, I did die. I died after surgery. And I went to the other side. And I had a, I had quite a journey that, uh, that started me in a new door of my life, understanding that uh, there's more here than I thought there was. There's more in me than I thought there was. And that's the way it is with everybody, truly. There's more in you than you think there is. And the giving and the loving you have and not taking things personally and not taking things seriously will take you to a place of common relaxation where everything is fine, everything's okay. And when I went to the other side, there were balls of light in the air. And three of them came down to my essence. I was about a foot long and a quarter of an inch wide. And I wasn't a boy or a girl. I had no emotions from the earth, earth from this place, earth. And the light on the left spoke to me in an androgynous voice and thought, telling me what I've been doing was good, direction I was going in good, ups and downs, come with the dinner on the unconscious menu. And, uh, they said that where are you going now? Where you're headed now? You need to look for help in the spiritual realm. And then the voice said, you may come with us now or return to your body and continue your destiny. It's your choice. The light said, I can't impersonate the light. It was just, you can't look an angel in the eyes because there's so much. They don't have eyes, but they do when you see them on earth. But the light that they bring to you has so much love in it. You can't look right straight in the light. Because there's so much. I've never felt love and truth in my life, this lifetime, as I did then. Then when I came back, I had to start all over again because in terms of walking, talking, eating, organization, everything, I just came back from the dead. And two and a half months, I was to stay in the hospital. They said, he'd go home now. So some beautiful experiences there. I just thought it would be fun to share some of those. There are several dozens, really, of other uh, near-death experiences recorded by celebrities, uh, Hollywood stars, and so forth. But these are the only ones that I could find that uh, they uh, share the experience in their own voice. And if you want to Google to see celebrity near-death experiences, you can find them all over the place. It's A lot of it is, is kind of uh, um, this, you know, poppy, fun... You know, check out these people who almost died and saw things and, and so forth. And they get they get kind of gimmicky about it in, in some of the accounts. So, you know, I'm not going to go into those. But, uh, but I just found this interesting and hearing it from voices and people that you may have heard in other contexts, it just kind of shines a light on the fact that, that near-death experiences are incredibly common. They actually happen to... Um, about 700 Americans per day, give or take, and there have been millions uh, recorded having them, and uh, and that's just in America. You know, there are others outside of the United States. Just kind of interesting, and the similarity between them and yet the uniqueness of them shows that that we have more in common and more uniqueness and more interesting things to look forward to than even what we find here on earth so with that thank you all of you so much for listening